She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Good morning, guys. Welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. I am your host, Jill Ritchie, and I have just returned from a few days away. Well, actually, I've been away all week. Um, I took myself away and it was so lovely just to disconnect and reconnect. So disconnect from the, you know, the hustle and bustle, the day-to-day stuff um, and just reconnect with myself and nature. So I just came away with Siggy, who's my dog by way, for those of you who don't know. Um, and it was just so lovely. I, I really loved it. I mean, I absolutely adore my children, my partner, um, but I just, I can't stay in the one place for too long. I've really discovered that about myself. Freedom and, and expression is, is definitely a couple of my core values for sure. And as I've really dived deep on my own personal development journey, I've uncovered so many things about myself and one of them being about how important it is to meet my own needs, not just expect someone to meet them for me or someone to know what I should want, but actually to trust myself, to honour um, myself. And yeah, it's it's been a game changer. Still on the journey, guys, but I would encourage anyone that feels like they need a break to take the break and ask for what you want. Um, yeah. So today's guest is, oh, it's a really good conversation. Again, I say this every week, don't I? It's a great guest, but it is a great guest. Um, it's the one and only Bonnie Bliss. So for those of you who don't know who Bonnie Bliss is, she is a somatic sexologist, pleasure educator and women's pelvic wellness coach. She has spent the last decade supporting thousands of women all over the world to discover their incredible world within their bodies. And we have a great conversation. I'm definitely going to have to get Bonnie back on because there's more things that I want to talk to her about. But in this specific conversation, we talk around um, lack of intimacy in relationships, self-pleasure, um how we can reconnect to those parts of ourselves, the sexual layer of ourselves that has maybe been dormant for quite some time. It's a brilliant conversation and I know for sure that it's going to relate to so many people. So without any further ado, let's dive in and chat to Bonnie. She loves herself with Jill Ritchie. Welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast, Bonnie Bliss. Yes, thank you. Oh, so guys, we're recording this and um, I've taken myself away for a few days to have some alone time and um, it's pitch black here. It's like 6.30 in the morning. And the reason for that is Bonnie, bless, you are in Australia. Yeah. yeah. In Melbourne. In Melbourne, right? So it looks, I'm watching her right now. It's like super sunny there and it's pitch black <laughs> with the moon to my right hand side. <laughs> Um, but I just wanted to say thank you so much. I have wanted to get you on the podcast for so long. And I'm just going to share with everyone how um, I got to start connecting with you. So everyone that, that sort of tunes into the podcast, I have worked with my coach on and off for like four years. She's amazing. And 
we know the direction that season four of She Loves Herself is going and it's much more around um, sex, intimacy, um, sexual health. And um, I was, you know, Bonnie Bliss was recommended to me and I've, I've really followed her journey. And I'm just like everything that she says, I'm, I'm resonating with. And I just had to get her on the podcast because we want to sort of discuss, you know, sex, intimacy, um, sexual health and who better to have on than you because your your wisdom, your knowledge. And so let's just dive in. So for the audience, because there'll be a lot of people listening to this podcast and so many are in the UK that maybe have never heard of you before. I want to ask you, how did you get started? Who, who tell, tell an audience, who are you and how did you get started on your journey? Mm, so I... I think my the titles I use have changed over the years, but I'm a somatic sexologist and a holistic sex coach, and I'm also a pleasure and intimacy educator. So I'm all about supporting people, mostly women, um, to have a deeper relationship with their bodies, with their pleasure, with their sexuality, with their self-intimacy and self-pleasure, and also in intimacy with a partner and in their relationship with a partner. So I uh, initially began this work um, because I, I really struggled with it for a long time. I was very numb and very disconnected. I think it took me six years of being sexually active before I had an orgasm with a partner. Um, I was very, I guess, living this like fast paced city life where I was very in my head and very stressed. And I didn't realize at the time, but I had a lot of anxiety and was very fixated on what other people thought of me and how I should do things. And so that kind of bled through into my experience of pleasure and sex where it became really, I guess, performative. You know, I was trying to act a role or trying to focus on someone else's pleasure and not really realizing that my pleasure was a thing or was even possible. Mm -hmm. I had read a lot of articles that um, and you still see them around. They say things like 80% of women can't orgasm internally, so they need to just focus on the clitoris. And so I kind of believed that. And I thought, well, I probably can't orgasm from penetration. I won't even bother trying. And I, I was just kind of in that place for a long time uh, until I met a particular partner when I was around 25 who introduced me to this whole other way of relating to pleasure and intimacy and sexuality and it blew my mind and it opened me up to a lot more pleasure, but also a, a lot of, I remember feeling angry, like feeling like, why was I not told this? Like, why didn't I know that my body was capable of all this pleasure? Or why didn't I know that uh, sex could be this really beautiful, sensual, like delicious experience instead of this like three minute goal orientated thing, you know? And from there, I just got really curious and did a whole lot of professional training. And that was, you know, 12 years ago now, showing my age. And um, yeah, it's been an incredible journey and it brings me so much joy to be able to, to support people, to have deeper experiences of themselves in this way. Because I feel like when we, when we repress or deny our sexuality and our pleasure, it affects all of our lives. Mm, wow. Oh, that was just amazing. And um, 
I can relate to some of what you're saying. And I think that so many of the listeners will be able to relate to that as well, because especially around the penetrative sex where you can't orgasm and, you know, that 80%, that, that doesn't surprise me. And I think that so many of us just accept that. And also um, when you were saying that you didn't orgasm for so many years and then you met this other partner that opened you up to this other world, what was it that he did differently from other partners then? Mm, That's a great question. I think he had been studying some form of neo-tantra. So he'd done some study in what some people call sacred sexuality or... um, sacred sexuality, uh, yeah, sacred sexuality or um, neo-tantra that comes from a spiritual tradition on some level, but um, it's also just a term that gets thrown around a lot that is really um, signifies, I guess, intentionally um, seeing sex and intimacy as some form of spiritual practice. And although that's not the approach that I take now in my life, I mean, I do maybe to some extent, but it's not really my way now, but it did um, create a big catalyst for me and really opened me up. And there was this sense of like, instead of goal orientation, it was about exploration. Instead of trying to get, make the thing happen, it was about connecting and being intimate and there was that feeling of like, oh, we have all the time in the world. You know, there's no pressure. We're not trying to get it done in three minutes. I'm not trying to just give you a quick orgasm and ejaculate and be done with it. Like I want to just fully be here with you and melt into this and open into this and relax into it. Uh, and that I think is a big part of what what opened me up. Yeah, and I think it's that, that's great because even when you were saying taking your time and not rushing and that exploration. And when you mentioned the word intimacy, again, being being intimate with yourself as well. And I think when, I know certainly um, a lot of people, the belief is, you know, when we grow up, we we meet a partner and, you know, we get married and, and then that's, you know, you're with that partner and you have sex and you have children and, and so on but actually there's a whole part of and again for men that they don't really understand when you were talking about that that difference between that partner opening you up to that space of it being different um it takes two right (laughs) two people to really help on that journey but if you're not having that from your partner um and perhaps historically you've learned from parents and you know, grandparents of how a relationship should be, your belief system is that, well, this is just the way. But actually at any age, I mean, I'm 42 next month and I've really been working on this in the for the past four years, but I would say that it only really started landing for me last year. So 12 months ago. And the biggest difference for me was that connection with myself. I mean, I wasn't. Like I wasn't connected to myself. Um, And it's not even just about like the act of self-pleasure and having an orgasm. I just wasn't connected to myself. You know, on the, the, when we talk about like, you know, spiritually and emotionally and, you know, all of the, the physical layers, like the emotional layer, the physical layer, like all these parts, 
you know, I could I could sit and I could get drop into a meditation and I could, you know, really channel things through for myself. All of those other parts, yeah, tick, tick, tick. But when it came to the sexual layer, nah, nah, there was just like, it didn't matter what I did that it was just, there were so many deep rooted things and and, uh, with my nervous system as well, that I just had to really go in. And what was the biggest sort of change for me was the somatic work. So when you mentioned somatic work, um, really going into those parts and, and almost moving it through my body and on a, on a regular basis. So it was never just a, right, I'm going to go and do this, you know, experience and then that's it done. I mean, this has taken me up to four years now to get to a point of consistently doing the work where I've eventually been able to drop into that space and connect with myself. And it was just more feeling into that space rather than relying on a partner to do it for me. I had to take full responsibility and do the work myself. Yep, totally. Yeah, I love that. Just really prioritizing it for yourself and diving into it and noticing what feels clunky, where you feel disconnected, what's not flowing or not working and creating space for it and prioritizing it in your life. And that's, this is the thing with this stuff that I really wish more people would understand. It's not like, oh, I feel really numb or I feel disconnected or I have all the shame that's just how it is. It's, it's actually skill building. Like these are just skills that we can build. So if we feel really stressed we can build skills that help our nervous system to regulate and stabilize and, you know, lower our stress levels so that we can have more pleasure. If we feel um, really numb, there are lots of skills that we can build that will help us to sensitize our bodies and open to more and more pleasure and aliveness. Like there's all of this stuff is um, building skills over time. And then it just means it's, you know, giving it space and practicing and exploring and being curious. And that sounds like a big part of the journey that you've been on. Yeah. And I think realizing that you, you, you're not broken, you know, you're not broken. And actually I was going to say, it's quite normal. Um, it probably shouldn't be right because we should have learned <laughs> this. We, we, our sex education as children. Oh my God! I, I mean, did I even go there? <laughs> I was terrified. And this is the funny thing, right? My, I was brought up. My sister and I, single parent family. My mum just did the most amazing job to raise us as strong, independent women. But with an absent dad, with the the belief is that you know men weren't safe. Now, my mum never said those words, men aren't safe, but I definitely on a subconscious level stored that belief in me. Um, so when anyone came, you know, the first, uh, the honeymoon phase, you know, sex was great and stuff. After like a couple of years, I would get that, oh, I don't like this now. And, and I could never understand, number one, that I had a problem. I just thought, well, that's it's them. I blame them. I'm like, oh, they've stopped showing up. I'm just gonna end the relationship. They're, you know, that's it, go away. But what I realized was over time that it was me. Um, I was I got when you know, after a few years, the, the masks started to fall away and the real core of me and who I was was there. And I was not just emotionally naked and physically naked, I was like, I felt very vulnerable. And so I did push 
people away. Um, and I would disconnect sexually for a long period of time. And so I had to really understand where that came from and really go in and do that deep, deep work. And, you know, it's taken a long time, but I, I do think that there are so many women that struggle in this space and even, <clears throat> even having sex with a partner, maybe they've been with someone long-term, they have children, but they think, well, you know, I have to, I have to stay here. I've got children. I have to have sex. And every time they're doing it when they don't want to do it, I definitely feel that there's something stored there, you know, you're not really open to it, but you're doing it anyway. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's overriding your boundaries, right? It's just, and that's something that I've absolutely done in relationship. Just that feeling of like, well, sex is for the man. I should just lie here and deal with it. I don't really feel like it, but he wants it. So I'll just give it to him. And I think it's really helpful to look at the beliefs behind that, to look at the belief that, oh, I believe that my pleasure is not important. I believe that um, I shouldn't be able to choose when I'm open for sex. I believe that maybe there's something wrong with me because my body's just not magically open to penetration at any moment. And therefore I punish myself by forcing myself to go through it when I don't want to, or whatever the story is for each particular person. And part of it is cultural, right? It's we have our own internalized belief system, but a lot of it comes from the the culture that we we were raised in and the you know the world that we're swimming in every day. And there are a lot of really um, unhealthy beliefs about sex and intimacy floating around. And there is, you know, for example, right with the boundary thing, if you're someone who finds it hard to say no um, to your family or you find it hard to say no with your work, or you find it hard to ask for what you want um, generally in your life, or um, yeah, it's hard for you to set boundaries generally, <laughs> that will filter into the bedroom. That will filter into what happens in sex with the partner a lot of the time. So we can't expect that um, we will you know, be a, a people pleaser in our daily lives and just constantly overriding our boundaries. And then suddenly in the bedroom, everything will shift and we'll be able to say, actually, no, I don't want that. Or I'm not ready for that today. Or can we go a bit slower? Or I need this before that, you know, because if you're a people pleaser, you're a people pleaser. And that'll often um, come through in intimacy and sex as well. So it is really important. This is why I'm interested in this holistic approach where we kind of zoom out and look at the rest of our lives and see, oh, wow, I'm super stressed every day. Of course, I'm not having amazing orgasms, right? Or I'm a massive people pleaser. Of course, I find it hard to ask for what I want in the bedroom or some part of me believes I don't deserve to feel good. Of course, I'm not prioritizing my pleasure, you know, because it's all, it's all connected. This is where sex is not separate from the rest of our lives. A lot of the time we put sexuality in a little box and we kind of put the lid on and we pretend it's not there until we want to have sex. And then we open it for a brief time and then we close the lid again. Um, but I'm really interested in seeing like, okay, sexuality is the, it's the energy of creation, right? It's the way we were all created. It is the literal life force of creation itself. Uh, it is really powerful. It is connected to us all the time. We are sexual beings in some way. Um, and we need to find a way to feel connected 
or relate with that with our sexual selves in our daily lives, not in a creepy way, not in a way that you need to be, you know, doing like, I don't know, like sexy dance in the middle of the day if that's not your thing, but feeling yourself as a sensual and sexual being as you go through your day so that then when you want to connect with your genitals on your own or with a partner, you'll have access to so much more pleasure and aliveness and sensitivity and deeper orgasms and all of that because you're already connected to your sensual and sexual self. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes so I could just listen to you all day. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Why do you believe then that so many women in particular really struggle with this then, you know, struggle to to connect with themselves? Do you, you know you were talking about it being culturally um do you think that's the main reason that, that women struggle with it? I think there are so many reasons. Um, on a cultural level, we live in a world that has taught us to link our worth to our productivity. Mm. And so a lot of the time we're very focused on output, right? Like I've got to do all of these things to mm. be worthy, to be good enough. And maybe that's I've got to be the perfect mother and I've got to do all of these things to support my children. Or maybe that's, I've got to be the perfect boss or I've got to be the perfect employee or I've got to be the perfect daughter or partner or whatever it is. Right. And we have all these almost like identities connected to that around like how we need to be in the world. And there's so much overwhelm and stress and like chronic exhaustion because collectively we are so disconnected from ourselves, from our hearts, from our bodies, from our pleasure. And we are told to just keep going harder and faster and more and keep going. And, you know, I was reading something the other day about burnout and it was saying that the average person makes something like 50,000 decisions a day, you know, just the and the decision what to have for breakfast and are you going to do this first or that first and what's got to happen and how do you, and it's that life itself has become more and more complicated and more and more overwhelming. And you see a lot more pushback with that now where they're realizing the impact of stress on longer term health and the impact of, um, you know, massive burnout in the workforce, especially obviously in the medical field at the moment, but just in a lot of fields, like people are exhausted and burnt out and they are realizing more and more that they can't keep going this way. And mm. when we're living in that survival mode, which so many of us are, one of the first things to go is our connection to our sexuality. Because if wow. you imagine that if you're getting chased by a tiger, mm-hmm you're in survival mode, right? You're running away from the tiger. There's no part of you that's going to be running away from the tiger being like, oh, maybe I'd like to have sex right now. (laughs) Maybe I'll do some really nice, slow, sensual self-pleasure. Like you're just like, how do I get away from this tiger? And that's the feel this fear, like just escape, escape, right? Right. And that's the kind of the low level chronic anxiety and stress and overwhelm and burnout and disconnection that is kind of like a blanket over so much of society right now. A lot of the time people don't even realize that they're in it because it's the water that we're all swimming in. And I I believe there are some people who aren't in it and there's varying levels of it, but um, it is really strong in our culture. And I think that's one of the big things that 
um, impacts women because in order for us to have really fulfilling pleasure and intimacy, we need to be able to soften and really relax and like feel ourselves and tune into subtle sensitivity and bring our energy down into our lower body and feel that like, you know, energy in the pelvis and feel the pleasure there. Like we can still have a quick orgasm, right? Like if you're super stressed, you could grab a vibrator and have an orgasm in three minutes maybe, or you could, um, you know, have a quickie with your partner and like, and have a quick orgasm and there would be some kind of release from that, but you may not feel a sense of deep connection to yourself in that experience. (laughs) And it may not be something that you can really look back on and be like, oh, you know what, that self-pleasure that I had earlier was really nourishing or I felt I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, I had a release, but like I actually still felt a bit dissatisfied afterwards or I felt a bit numb or I was kind of disconnected and like really tense in my body, you know? Yeah, because yeah, we can still, <clears throat> we can have an orgasm but feel so disconnected to the person that we're doing it with. Like it could be anyone, I suppose, that you could have that orgasm but you're just like so disconnected but you know we want as women we want to have conscious relationships like beautiful conscious relationships with our partners and I know that there's so many women that aren't having that and they've you know they've 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 been with their partner for a long time and the intimacy is completely dead but there's a real friendship and there's love there there's love there but the intimacy and connection is dead and I I'd love to ask you like how do we as women start to bring that back you know what for me I'm thinking well you know you need to really work on that connection with yourself first because you're always going to just be chasing that thing unless you really build that deep nourishing relationship with yourself first so what's your thoughts on that how how can we bring it back then Yeah, I think you're right. A big part of it is about the relationship with yourself and prioritizing that because when you're disconnected from yourself, it's really hard to connect to someone else. And then in the relationship, both people need to be willing to see the sexual connection and the intimate connection as something that can grow and deepen over time. And a lot of the time people I work with and a lot of people I talk to report that maybe they, they want to work on that, but their partner really doesn't, or their partner has um, a lot of contraction or shame come up around it. Because again, there can be this kind of cultural idea that sex is just supposed to be easy, or it's just supposed to happen. It's just, it's just, what's your problem? Like it just happens. And if it doesn't happen, then there's something wrong with you, or you just pretend it's happening. And, you know, this is where you get like quite a large percentage of um, relationships these days are um, officially characterized as sexless because they're having almost no sex, no sex or hardly any sex. And that's really, really common because people just get to a point where they go like, okay, I don't know how to deal with this. So I'm just going to pretend it's not there (laughs) and and avoid it. Right. So, so there needs to be something where you, you come together and you, have that adult conversation and ideally it's a regular ongoing conversation around what do we want in our sexual connection together and what would you like to explore and what would bring you pleasure and what would I like to explore and what would bring me pleasure and how can we reconnect in ways that would feel um, safe and supportive and gentle for each of us 
and look at the relationship as a whole, not just the sexual part, right? Because if you don't have quality time together, I talk to a lot of couples who like run a business together or, you know, parenting multiple children or like both working full time or, you know, there's just a lot going on. And of course, even just like running a household these days is is a whole job. Uh, and there can be a lot of stress in the relationship and, and you can get to a point where a lot of your contact is practical. You know, it's like what, what happened with the kids? Da, da, da. What do we do with the thing? I've got to see this person. And it just becomes like really um, disconnected and, and that can bring more and more numbness. And it's yeah. not going to make you feel open to intimacy with someone when, you know, you've just been talking about why they didn't clean the toilet. Like it's, it's not sexy. Right. So it's finding ways to like, how do you have quality time together? I'm a massive fan of scheduling date nights and, um, scheduling intimate time. And that doesn't mean that you need to have penetrative sex or it needs to be in a certain way, but just creating space in your busy lives for, Mm -hmm intimacy and for quality time and for, you know, really talking and having like relaxed kind of spacious conversations because there's just not enough of that. And then we expect too much of ourselves if we, you know, if we haven't had time to really sink in to connect with someone, how are we going to want to really open to them in intimacy on a deeper level? I know. And I I think in and speaking from from personal experience and I, I believe that a lot of people might resonate with this one is safety to feel safe for me when I sort of did this work and I'll, I'll, I'll go on to that in a second, but um, I didn't feel safe. And I realized, I didn't realize that I didn't feel safe. I knew the feeling in my nervous system, but when I sort of really went into that space and I talked a little bit about the somatic work, it was that I didn't feel safe. You know, talked about running from the, you know, nothing was going to happen to me, but you know, when I went back, I mean, there was like ancestral, I think like when I've went right back and this belief and it was all of the women, I think had this real, you know, when I actually went back and um, I'm digressing a bit and um, there was ancestral work. <laughs> this, this strong belief was that I fucking hate men. Now I was like, when it came out, I was like, I don't hate men. I don't hate men. I, I like men. I, you know, I've got two sons and I have great relationships with guys. I got on with guys. Great. And I do, but there was a strong belief from, you know, don't know where it originated from, but it was this, it was really a, like this fucking hatred for men. And I was like, wow, geez, mm. no, like, and I had to, I mean, this has been a lot of work, right? <laughs> I haven't just skipped, skipped to the good part, but and this is what we're talking about, Bonnie, that this takes work, but you need to start identifying like, you know, is there fear in there? Is there shame in there? You know, um, do you feel unsafe? You know, what what triggers, what emotions are coming up in your body and really starting to connect with your body and understand what's really going on for you in a safe space with someone that, you know, a professional that can really maybe hold that space for you um, to understand, right, what is this? And then start to unpick some things. You know, I then went on and, you know, I was introduced to... Um, a book called Wild Feminine by a lady called Tammy Lynn Kent. So anyone that's, I think I've spoken about this maybe on the podcast before. I mean, cause I had tried, I'd went to, you know, professionals um, for this work and nothing landed, Bonnie. No, 
for the last four years. Like it was like, God, why I'm spending thousands of pounds trying to work on this. But I just couldn't either connect with the practitioner or the professional, um, whoever they were. There just was a real disconnect. I I, I just couldn't get there um, until last year. But yeah, I wanted to, when, what, where I'm kind of getting to with this is it does take work, but you have to take that responsibility and I guess go inward and understand your body, your nervous system, where is their fear, is there shame and start to maybe unpick it then. What do you think is the best starting point for someone? Mm. I mean, yeah, I love what you said about safety. I think that's so important. And a lot of the time for various reasons, we don't feel safe in our bodies and we don't feel safe in our pleasure and we don't feel safe in intimacy with a partner and finding ways to connect with that safety is really important. And there are lots of different tools for that, that we can learn. And there are people who can teach us those tools. Um, but it is a kind of, yeah, like reaching that point of, of realizing, okay, I don't like, this is an area where I'm maybe not as developed as I'd like to be, or I really feel there are some blind spots here, or this is a part of myself that I haven't been nurturing or prioritizing. How do I move forward? And really seeing it in the same way, like embarking upon that journey in the same way as you would um, any kind of major project, right? Like if you were um, doing a renovation or um, preparing to birth a child or um, starting a new career, you know, like there, there are these kind of things where you would kind of go into like a nerdy phase and do some research and look into like, okay, what, what's going on for me and who are the people who could support me and what programs might I find that would support me? And how do I, how do I get the, the tools and the information that I need, but maybe more than that, maybe I need therapy, right? Maybe I need someone who's, who's trained as a therapist to really support me in this space, like, but inquiring into that, and that is going to take, a lot of humility, a lot of willingness to um, explore and, and, you know, that natural curiosity and really a knowing that this stuff is important and it does impact your whole life. You yeah, know, and knowing awesome. that for me, like when I, when I worked on this and when I connected really deeply with my body and my pleasure and intimacy, not only did I have orgasms beyond my wildest dreams, not only did I start having really deeply fulfilling sex, but I stepped more into my power in other areas of my life. I, you know, started to have more energy. I felt more inspired. I had more nurturing friendships. I, you know, my work flowed more easily. I made more money. I felt more creative. I felt more inspired. Like I, I woke up every day feeling, you know, curious and open about the world instead of feeling like in this numb brain fog. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I still have numbness and brain fog and stuff happens sometimes because I live in the world and I have my own stuff that goes on in lots of areas of my life. But um, lifting the lid on that sexual repression has really shifted so, so much for me. And I think that's, um, I guess, one of the core things that I say to a lot of people, it's very easy to see this stuff as a problem to be fixed. It's very easy to look at it as I have this massive problem and I need to fix it 
and I need to maybe pay someone to fix it for me (laughs) the same way that you would pay the plumber to fix your leak in your bathroom. Right. Um, and it doesn't, doesn't work that way. Uh, it can be helpful to pay to work with a coach or a therapist over time to deepen into it or to buy a program that will guide you through something. Um, but ultimately it needs to come from you and there needs to be that, that ongoing exploration. And so I love seeing it not as a problem to be fixed because that can feel like the shame, right? I've got this problem. I've got to fix it. But as a relationship to discover, like this is my, my sensual self and my pleasure and my sexuality and my relationship with intimacy is something that I can continually explore and discover. And it has the potential to to keep on um, becoming more and more expansive and enriching and pleasurable and nourishing and all of those things. Like I've been doing this stuff for 12 years or something now and I it keeps getting better. <laughs> like there's more. It's not like I reach a place where I'm like, okay, I'm at the peak of pleasure or I'm having the best sex ever. It's like that does happen, but then it keeps going. <laughs> you know, there's like wow, always yes. more. <laughs> yeah. And I find that really exciting, but we can only experience that if we see it as a relationship to discover rather yeah, than yeah, a yeah. thing that we fix and then it's done, you know? Done. And that's, I guess that's so important to mention because it's an and it's enjoyable I say that to people when we when we're, we talk about self-love um actually enjoy that exploration of getting to know yourself because we especially even in, in the world that we're in with social media there's so much comparison for people like they will look at someone like a couple on social media and they're like oh I bet they're like so happy like he looks like he does so much for her he meets her needs and she looks so happy I bet they have amazing sex but actually we do not know what is going on behind closed doors it is just a highlight reel and I think that's so important to mention I have known couples that look like the perfect couple but I know behind closed doors that it's the absolute opposite of that so never compare yourselves yourself or yourselves as a partnership to uh anything on social media but really I love what you were saying there um Bonnie around really that like self-exploration and that journey of discovery and getting to know yourself and and see it as something exciting rather than something to dread you know and I I, I get that there will be things that may come up and everyone is different and there, there 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 may really be some trauma in there but make sure that you are going to an expert that can hold space for trauma you know a lot of people I don't know about you um and I think it's something that we need to be really careful of. A lot of people will, you know, maybe do a course and then they say, you know, or, or a workshop and they're like, I'm a trauma expert. And I think it's so important that because there, there may be some things that come up around this space that you do get someone <clears throat> that is, you know, has lots of experience or is qualified or certified in this space, um, especially when you're going into something sexual that you know it can throw up a lot you need someone to have that experience to to help you and nourish you through that space what's your Mm. thoughts on that Bonnie oh I totally agree I mean there is it's interesting this term trauma-informed 
and you yeah. know cinematic work as well like it's become a bit of a buzzword yeah and you see more and more like there are a lot of people I mean I find sometimes I feel like in a way like this bitter old grandmother in my industry because I've just I've been in it for so long and I've seen so many people and so many things come and go mm. and I've seen all these trends you know and and yeah. there's been a big rise recently of just this people for example, right, just say someone on Instagram like just has a massive following, they're super hot, they take lots of sexy pictures of themselves and then suddenly they're a sex coach and they're like, oh, come to me and I'll help you heal your trauma. And it's like, hang on a second, like maybe this person potentially has no qualifications except being insanely attractive and, you know, hasn't really done any training and absolutely should not be trying to support people with sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, there's kind of this buzz around it, right? There's this like, oh, okay, you've got to go into your sexuality and got to work with your trauma. And, you know, then that can get sometimes like either over-spiritualized or um, become this really superficial thing. And that's what I see a bit on Instagram where you see sexuality performed as an aesthetic, like Mm -hmm. as a particular look, you know, and that's, um, and, and that's not what it is, right? Like you can have, you can be really deeply connected to your central and sexual self without taking sexy photos of yourself and posting them on the internet. You can, you can do that if you want to. And some people love doing that and it feels really empowering for them. But for a lot of people, that's not their jam, you know? So, um, but there is a big, a big theme around um, trauma sensitive work and there's not enough training in it. Um, generally, a lot of the trainings that people have done are really short and not, um, not like proper trainings. I'm actually about to start this year and beginning a three year um, trauma therapy certification um, as a student. And I've been so excited to do it for so long because I have so many people who I work with who have experienced trauma. And yeah. I know I'm not a trauma therapist or a trauma specialist, um, although it does come up in my work, but I really feel that I need and I want more um, solid tools to be able to support people with that um, from a place of integrity, because I don't want to be offering something, um, saying that I'm going to heal your sexual trauma or help you to, you know, release your sexual trauma. Um, when I'm not properly qualified to do that. Mm, I love that. And I love that you're continuing to do the work. <clears throat> I get it. And it, for me, I, similar, I feel like, um, you know, studying it and, and actually embodying it and, 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 and going through it myself, I I in no way am I like deem myself as a, a trauma expert, but I, I get exactly what you're saying. There I, I do see it and I see it on social media as well, where you know someone is a certain way and they they they, they, they deem themselves this expert. And and it God, it's such a vulnerable space to be in. You know, when you are especially around sexuality people can really feel super vulnerable in this space. So just make sure, ladies, if you are, you know, if you do feel that you need someone to support you with that, you do get a professional. And also, um, it's not a one and done. Like, again, like there's there's little things that we can do that, that can shift our energy, right? And I want to talk about this because but it's got to be consistently doing the work. Like don't go to someone and expect them just to wave a magic wand or shake something over you or, you know, do some distant healing and then 
oh, that, 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 you know, that energy's gone and, you know, you've moved all this trauma or whatever it is away from me. And now I, I'm, I can connect. Like you've got to take responsibility and you've got to do the work, but like Bonnie was saying, enjoy the journey, like enjoy that space and, and, you know, let go of shame around it, around, you know, oh God, this is a, this is a bad thing. This is just how we're programmed to believe, you know, oh, sex is, you know, it's, it's got to be, you know, we whisper it and, oh, we don't really really talk about it. But actually, I want to really start normalising that so many people are not meeting their own needs and, and, and sexuality. They're, they're, you know, it's actually, there's lots of people that are feeling this way and we want to start normalising it, particularly here, because I don't, hear a lot of people talking about it. it there is so much shame and embarrassment around it totally yeah yeah and it's it's sad because you know that can really block us from cultivating a really nourishing healthy relationship with our pleasure and our sexuality and having amazing relationships and having great sex and all of these wonderful things so it's it's really good to um to look at that and and yeah like you said consistently show up and and see you know what what's meaningful to you what's something that you can do to connect with your pleasure i'm a huge fan of like I work a lot with busy women. I run my own company. I have a lot on, you know, I'm all, I'm all about what's easy yeah. and what you can do in just a few minutes. You yeah. know, I don't think that connecting with your pleasure, your sexual self needs to be this long, complicated thing where you have to do a two hour ritual every day. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people who do that and that they love that, but it, I, I really love like, what can I do, you know, on my lunch break? What can I do? Uh-huh. Like when yeah. I'm just feeling a bit disconnected in my day and mm-hmm. um, a big part of what I love is um, I work with a teacher called Michaela Bowen who uh, does a whole lot of incredible trainings for women and um, she teaches a method that I'm also trained in called the nonlinear movement method mm-hmm. and it's really um, simply about moving your body um, usually with your eyes closed Uh, in a way that is not about, um, you know, it's not dancing to music or it's not like doing exercise or lifting weights, but it's just feeling your body and moving with like, what's, how does my body want to move? Like what's happening in me? How can I move to um, be with what's there? Whether that is tension or um, stuckness or uh, numbness or, um, you know, opening or joy or whatever's present, but just giving yourself space to be with your body as it is. And then there's also an approach in nonlinear movement where you, um, where you focus on pleasure and you move in a way that invites more pleasure into your body. And it can be as simple as just like putting a song on and moving and following, like, where does my body feel good? And how can I move in such a way that invites more of what feels good into my body? And, you know, just follow that thread of pleasure and aliveness. And and it, it really can only take a few, a few minutes and we might feel completely different to when we started. I love that. And it's something that I definitely do. And I used to, when I first started doing it, I was like, well, this is strange. We get in the head, but actually just the more we do it, we cultivate self-trust. Like you build that trust muscle of, oh, okay, she wants to go here again, right? Okay, we know what this is now. And I've actually, when I've been doing that movement and just moving in certain ways, I've released an emotion or a sound's come out. The more that I've gone in and, and, 
you know, cultivated that that trust that that it's okay just to go and flow and and move in any which way I need to move. Sometimes I'll make a sound and it's like a deep sound or sometimes I'll cry or there'll be an emotion comes. But now I've done it to the point where I don't think and I want people to know that when you're doing this, if an emotion comes, it's gorgeous. It's just energy and motion. It's just a release. We don't need to go into the head and make meaning out of it. Just your body knows exactly what to do, but we don't trust ourselves. And if the more that we can just go in and start to trust ourselves, our bodies are amazing um, vessels. And it, it just allows us to have that release if we need to have that release and feel what we need to feel in that moment. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. And I love that you said it's a quick thing. It doesn't need to be a two-hour ritual. We don't need to overthink it. We've all got three minutes in a day <clears throat> that we can do this. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another thing that I love doing is um, focusing on the senses because we are you know, we, we see things all day with our eyes. Like we, we touch things, we, um, we touch ourselves, we, we eat and drink things that have taste, you know, there's, we listen to music, we hear beautiful sounds. So there's so many chances through the day to, um, you know, when you're having a cup of tea, like really feeling the heat of the cup and like smelling it and really tasting the flavor of it as you drink it, or, um, you know, eating that piece of fruit and really like fully dissolving into the the sensory experience of it or you know I love um where I live it's really um really bushy there's lots of nature and it's like really beautiful and I love just going outside and watching the trees move you know and it's all these little tiny windows through the day that connect us to our sensory experience and that is sensual you know that's and and it can even be sexual like we can have incredible pleasure from just like really gently stroking your arm or like fully immersing yourself in eating a strawberry you know yes I love that and what I'm hearing as you're saying that is the word presence so being really present in each moment and and I've talked about this before actually it's something that people aren't though they're they're just so like do 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 rather than pausing and just getting really still and really present, like with your surroundings where you are, like that cup of tea, like the heat of the mug and the trees, the the sway of the bushes. And I just, I know that that was a definite game changer for me um, when I could really cultivate presence. I mean, even being around my children, like looking at my son, instead of just looking at him, I've, would be really looking at him like his face his eyes his freckles his hair and and then that that gratitude that would come from that my body would feel it my body would respond and it really helped like cultivating presence really helps you to connect with yourself I totally. love that and it's something yeah. that everyone can do you know right. we don't or complicate it yeah. Any other yeah. tips on how, you know, if someone is in, they're, they're in their relationship, they're struggling with intimacy, with connection with their partner, what would you say the first thing, like, they're like, right, I, you know, I'm in my 30s or I'm in my 40s maybe, and I want to, I want to have sex. I want to reconnect with my partner. What's the first piece of advice that they could, you know, you could give them to get started on that journey? I think that the first thing is to be open to it, you know, to realize, okay, 
to, to be where you are. Right. And that's part of what you said about presence. That's also acknowledging, Hey, I'm feeling sexually unfulfilled or I'm experiencing a type of intimacy that doesn't feel right for me anymore. It's just, it's not quite what I want or, or maybe I've been overriding in the bedroom and, and not saying anything about it. So just whatever your situation is, acknowledging it to yourself first and, and acknowledging it to your partner and opening up for that conversation, not when you've just had sex. (laughs) I think that's something that um, can really easily go into fights or, you know, sexual intimacy can feel quite vulnerable. And when you're lying naked in bed after sex, the last thing someone wants to hear is that um, something is a problem or there's, you know, we need to talk about our sex life, right? Because it can feel like, whoa, hang on, we just did this. And you're saying that it's not okay, or there's some problem with the whole thing, you know, it can feel quite scary. So I really love the um, creating space, like saying to your partner, um, hey, you know, I have been thinking about sex and intimacy and I've been maybe listening to some podcasts or I've been reading some stuff about it, I've been looking at some articles and I feel really inspired to, um, you know, go deeper in our connection with that in our relationship. Uh, would you be open to have a chat about it with me? Mm-hmm. So just just like opening that topic and inviting your partner into, into a conversation with consent, right? Not just dumping it on them when they've had a stressful day, but would you be open to have that conversation and it's coming from a place of not our sex life has problems and we need to fix them, but I'd love to explore this in a different way or I'd love to go deeper with you. How can we do that? Yeah. So, yeah, getting that consent from your partner and making a time for the conversation, like, okay, how about tonight or what about Thursday night or whatever, when you know that you can sit down and, you know, just enjoy a little moment together and go into it, not coming from this place of problems or fixing or issues, but here's what I would like to explore. Here's how I would like to go deeper and just um, being willing to have the conversation and acknowledge where you are and acknowledge where you'd like to be. Um, I think that's the first step. Yeah, for sure. And as you said in the beginning, both parties need to be willing to do it. Um, And I think, communication is a is key about so many people struggle with communication with expressing their emotions um especially if you've been in a longer term relationship to go there and and to you know we're, we're very numb to our own emotions that to actually express them to a partner and vice versa can be really difficult and I think that's where a lot of couple coaching can really help because if we can't express ourselves sometimes bringing in a third person to help navigate that is super super helpful and because we do sometimes you know I know with my partner we had amazing couple coaching last year um, and it was just and into the outside world you know we were all right you know there was nothing majorly wrong with our relationship but I didn't want all right I wanted amazing and I wanted to go deeper and have more conscious, a more conscious connection. Because when we met like 13, 14 years ago, it was very different to the me who I am now. So I wanted to have to be on that journey, but we had to almost have someone to help us navigate our way through it and help us with our communication because I would shut down, you know, my I'm very anxious avoidant. 
you know, style. So I would really shut down and my independence would really kick in. I don't need anyone. I don't, I don't like this situation. I'm like, I'm out of here. But I needed to help someone to help me with that. And I, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed about. You know, if you're in a relationship right now and you want to continue to be with that partner and you need to address the issue or you it's just like so separate and you're not fully living to your full like oh my gosh potential like what Bonnie said around um you know everything is better when you're you know that that you're meeting that need on that sexual layer like your business your life how you see the world your energy everything you know that comes from that space but if you're so disconnected from it you're missing out on so much like Mm. don't don't accept that oh well that's just the way we are it doesn't need to be that way Mm, totally and I think it's really interesting to like like you said you're missing out now but then there's there's also the like and what what is it going to cost in 10 years what if I do nothing about this what if I know that I've been completely repressing and denying my sexuality and I know there's big stuff there to look at and I'd love to have better intimacy with my partner, but we're really not having sex or not having great sex and I don't know what to do about it. You're missing out in this moment, but if you don't do anything, what's gonna, what's your relationship going to be like in 10 years? How are you going to feel in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, you know? Will you still be in that relationship? And if you are, like how much worse will it be you know like what what needs to happen for us to actually take care of ourselves on a deeper level because this is a type of self-care really you know it's not pleasure isn't selfish sexuality isn't selfish it's not this like weird frivolous thing that you know it's just like a little project that you want to work on it's like it's the core of how we are created it's it's very powerful and very important and when we repress it and deny it completely in our lives, you know, that will often have pretty deep long-term consequences. Absolutely. And we learned from our parents and grandparents that, you know, staying together or stay together for the kids and, you know, sexless marriages, you know, maybe that's what you witnessed growing up. So you believe that this is the way. And again, it's that programming, it's those conditions and beliefs that we've taken on, but but it's not you don't have to take that on and and often what happens then is infidelity you know affairs and you know and there's so much resentment that's built up but if you don't work on this what will happen is you may move into another relationship and a few years down the line the same thing happens again and then the same thing happens again you know so unless you address this and really have fun exploring yourself and working on this self-exploration you will either stay in a relationship where it's just so disconnected and there's real you're really missing out or you may do something that you don't want to do or there may be infidelity or you may move into another relationship and carry the same stuff with you and think about if you have children and this is from what I really thought about is you know I want my children to understand that they don't have to you know be in a relationship just for the sake of children. And I think there's this real narrative around, well, you have to because you've got kids. And I would never want my children to feel that they have to do that or that they were in a relationship. So again, there's something around breaking that cycle for future generations as well. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. And, and this is the thing, like as a parent, children learn from how you are, not what you say. So if you're, um, you know, say as your kids start touching their bodies or, you know, you, you start to notice that they're moving towards like pleasuring themselves and you kind of try to do the conscious parent thing where you're like, oh, that's cool. You're touching your body. Enjoy that. And maybe just do it in your room with the door closed or whatever, you know, whatever you decide to do as a parent. Um, but then underneath that, your kids are feeling your own shame or your own weirdness about it, or your own, like, oh my God, they're touching their body. That's wrong. Or whatever the story is that you might be holding from, you know, your parents or from, you know, society, the culture you were raised in, whatever, um, they feel that shame. You know, it's not, I think people get really fixated on like, how do I have these conversations with my kids or what are the words I use? Like, how do I tell them this thing so that they understand it in this way? And then they don't, um, it doesn't screw them up, you know, but, but kids are impacted more by our own being. So I think the greatest gift that um, as a parent that you can give to your children when it comes to their relationship with not only sexuality, but relational intimacy and their bodies and their genitals is to, to um, connect with yourself in a way that is nourishing and real and honest and helps you to release the shame and the numbness and the disconnection around those areas because they will feel it in you and it will impact them for sure. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just, I think that so many people listening to this are really going to connect and relate to it. What an, a really open conversation that I know for sure is going to um, relate to lots of people. I mean, that I got some real golden nuggets from you as well. Um, tell us what you've got coming up because, you know, how can people connect with you? Because I know that there's going to be so many that are like, I need to earn in my life. I need to start because, yeah, there's lots of people that do various versions, but what really drew me to you was, well, number one, you, you came recommended by someone I deeply, deeply trust. Um, so usually when she says something, I'm like, yes. Um, and um, yeah, so how can people connect with you and work with you if they want to work with you? Yeah, so um, I am at the moment um, moving towards uh, releasing a new program, um, but that will not come until probably February or March. Um, but at the moment, I um, I have a waiting list and you can inquire about coaching and I, I do often have one or two spots for privately working with me. Uh, and I have some short programs on my website. So it's bonniebliss.co is both my my website and my Instagram handle. And um, the there's a few different programs. There's one called Reclaim Your Pleasure, which is a, a short program for women um, all about non-sexual pleasure and like pleasuring your life and how to feel more pleasure as a busy woman. And there's another one called self-yoni mapping, which um, goes really deeply into like how to use a wand to um, massage and sensitize and awaken and bring pleasure to your internal pelvic space, your, your vagina and um, exploring that whole area, which is really, really powerful. Uh, and there's another one called pelvic embodiment, which is all about connecting to your lower body and feeling more juicy and sensual and alive in that space. So there's um, yeah, quite a few little short programs, but there's lots more on the horizon. So you can follow me on Instagram or you can um, hop on my on my list on my website and um, stay tuned 
Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. I will get all the links and I'll drop them in the show notes as well so that people can just click and, you know, come follow you and 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 maybe work with you if that's what they want to do or explore that. But, oh my goodness, thank you so, so, so much for coming on and chatting today. It's just been so amazing. I've loved listening to you. I could listen to you all day. So interesting. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really loved it.